Hey, it's your host, April. This show, The High Guide, talks about altered states of consciousness brought on by cannabis and psychedelics and is intended for audiences 21 and over. If you've been listening to the show for a while and you like what you hear, please leave us a rating, a review, or a heart wherever you listen to podcasts. And lastly, I'm not a medical professional. If you are experiencing any mental or physical health concerns, please seek a licensed medical professional. Hey, I'm April Pride, one of your high guides on today's episode, which covers the highs from a recent weekly event on Clubhouse with Plant and Prosper. I host each Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific time. Thanks to the shared knowledge and experience of today's high guides, who are leaders in cannabis who also identify as queer LGBTQ, you'll have a new appreciation for what allyship is really about. For decades, advocates in the queer community have shepherded policy in favor of cannabis legalization. As is the case in other marginalized communities, cannabis helped to heal trauma, so it should come as no surprise that those who identify as queer are two times more likely to consume cannabis than their straight peers. One of your high guides today is Sophie St. Thomas. Hi, I am Sophie St. Thomas. I'm a writer and author. I write primarily for Playboy, GQ. I'm a columnist at Allure Magazine and my beats are sex, drugs, and beauty. I am originally from the Caribbean and thankfully grew up around cannabis in a pretty different setting than a lot of my stateside peers who grew up in kind of this Reagan environment of the 80s, and I have written a few books. Sophie identifies as bisexual and pansexual. She became a medical marijuana patient eight years ago stemming from a sexual assault, And she offers sobering data to support the disproportionate sexual trauma specifically experienced in the queer community. And I did want to note that 46% of bisexual women have been raped compared to 17% of straight women. And that goes across the board for bisexual men, for gay men, for gender nonconforming, and certainly trans folks. And so I think that just cannabis as a healing medicine for queer people is so, so, so important. Let's meet your high guides on today's show. My name is Rachel Rapino, and I'm the CEO and co-founder of Mindy. And Mindy really sits at the intersection of cannabis, sports, health, culture, and inclusivity. We are a brand that keeps athlete health empowerment and inclusivity at the forefront of everything that we're doing, um, which sadly, not a lot of other sports brands are doing, not just in the cannabis space, but obviously, you know, broadly. Hi, everyone. Um, Maggie Connors, founder of Besito here in L.A. We make vapes and free rolls. Um, it's a mostly women team, queer folks, and of course, people of color. And Neil Liquia, founder of The Full Spectrum, which is dedicated to supporting LGBTQ and allied cannabis industry professionals through networking and education. Listen as Neil shares some of the content he's created to build awareness and support for the ongoing partnership between this plant and people who identify as LGBTQ. You can find a three-part webinar series that I did in partnership with the Cannabis Alliance on their YouTube. The first one was uh, the queer history of cannabis uh, legalization. 
the second one was the beginner's guide to gender. And the third was recruiting and retaining diverse talent. So creating a comfortable space for everyone to be able to thrive. I want to acknowledge that it's because of queer people. We have cannabis legalization in the first place where the queer people came onto the scene was um, uh, Dennis Perron is at, is like the biggest catalyst of of the movement. Um, he was drafted into the military and he went to San Francisco right before he was uh, deployed to the Vietnam War, where he was introduced to cannabis and fell in love with it. And then he moved back to San Francisco after he left the military and he um, created the um, the San Francisco Cannabis Buyers Club. Well, actually, that came a little bit later. He created the Island Cafe, which was a space um, in which it was a restaurant where people could also come and smoke and use cannabis as well. Um, he met this other incredible woman named Mary Rathbun, who was this little old lady who was working at an IHOP. And um, they they hit it off quickly because you know she asked to take a puff off of his joints and he was thought that was hysterical that this little old lady was wanting to toke on on some weed but um mary she used to make brownies and sell them and this is how mary rathborn became known as brownie mary and she supplied cannabis brownies to aids patients through the illicit market of course, because weed was 100% illegal throughout the U.S. in the 80s, Mary was arrested. And Neil picks up the story there. And she was um, arrested and sentenced to a lot of community service hours. This was the very beginning of the AIDS pandemic. So she chose to volunteer her time to um, the AIDS clinic. And, and after she was done completing her hours, she just kept on volunteering yeah, I'd, I'd like to thank you, Neil. That is exactly the type of background that I think our audience, like me, need to hear. Maggie, your stories, Besito's stories on Instagram, it touches on a few specific people and events that were integral to the um, passage of 215, which a uh, Prop 215, which is the me- medical cannabis in California. Yeah, and even before that, I think it was, was it Prop W. Um, we'll shout out Harvey Milk as not yep. only the first openly gay, but um, huge proponent of cannabis legalization. And and Prop W in seventy eight was basically um, have moving you know police prosecution away from folks who had possession of of cannabis. Proposition W was done in partnership between Harvey Milk and Dennis Perone. Shortly thereafter, Harvey Milk was assassinated and uh, Diane Feinstein, who we know as Senator Diane Feinstein now, uh, became the mayor of San Francisco and never enacted Proposition W. <laughs> Dennis created the San Francisco Cannabis Buyers Club as kind of a publicity stunt. He It was like a one-night-only thing in a basement area, and he invited the news, and he, you know, thought that they were going to get busted. He wanted the publicity of, of something like that to happen, but the cops didn't take the bait, and um, so, but the news was flooded with, like, hundreds of people living with HIV and AIDS who were just like, we're sick, we need this medicine. The San Francisco Cannabis Buyers Club which was a five-story uh, building where they they started uh, 
selling weed out of in 1996. Got it. Thank you. So between 1978 and 1996, so many years. And of course, it's not surprising that that's when the war on drugs was really raging with Just Say No and President Reagan not talking about the AIDS epidemic for six years. Um, So to be able to bring those two obviously taboo and ignored topics together um, for greater good, which it, it just didn't happen for nearly 20 years. And you think about all that was lost in terms of um, quality of life. The full spectrum is is intended to normalize being queer in cannabis, right? And so just like commercialization of pride and commercialization of cannabis, there are a lot of parallels there. There's still very much a struggle going on, both in the cannabis industry and in our LGBTQ uh, community as well. And so, you know, when we celebrate the cannabis community and we're taking advantage of the benefits of this industry and the money that's flooding in, and even just the benefits that it has, um, as well as celebrating pride and wearing rainbow flags, like we've come a long way, but there's very much still a fight. And it's important for consumers and for companies to hold themselves accountable because it's not just about celebrating. We in the cannabis industry feel very simpatico with this sentiment. Weed isn't just about celebrating. Lives and families have experienced unspeakable loss because cannabis, like all non-conforming lifestyles and behaviors, threaten the status quo, which in American society is rooted in all that is heteronormative and, of course, non-psychoactive. Thanks for listening to this recently recorded event in Clubhouse, hosted by Plant and Prosper. And join me, April Pride, each Friday at 1 p.m. with an assortment of high guides as we cover all things A to Z related to plant medicine. Of course, you can listen to a new episode of The High Guide every Friday. Please subscribe and follow wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks to our high guides in this and every episode. A special thanks to the high guides writer and content editor, Megan Ridley, our marketing coordinator, Bianca Kratsky, and brand manager, Molly Longest. Of course, our producers, Nick Petrie and Josh Brown. I'm April Pride. Join us back here on The High Guide.